0: Hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul, how are you this morning? Doing well, doing well. Have a few items that uh, we need to understand and uh, pass some information on to our viewers. Once again, we welcome our viewers. We had a lot join us yesterday. Yeah, I don't great. know if you noticed. That was great. So yeah. we appreciate uh, the attendance and uh, the willingness to support us. So but uh we have an interesting program today yeah. it's really really different uh it's not not quite critical like world war three is starting tomorrow but it sort of addresses a subject which is a little a little weird and um you know last uh, what is it, about a month ago now that uh, i was explained uh, to To the world that uh, uh, the, how the pipelines got blown up, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, Hirsch, uh, Seymour Hirsch did a great job. Yeah. And of course he's highly respected and we think he's a great reporter, one of the old-fashioned truth-tellers and he explained to it and uh, he shocked the world and he really shocked the administration it was America United States did it why would they ever do anything like that and um, of course we have our ideas about that but it, it, made, <clears throat> it made Biden look bad and all that, even though the evidence was presented at the time that that's, they said they would do it. You know, if Russia does A, we're gonna do B, it will blow up, uh, that pipeline's not gonna last. So they threatened to do it. And then now that it's happened, all of a sudden it looks like they're trying to escape any blame whatsoever and blame, blame somebody else. Uh, and this, uh, uh, this was an article put in the new york times so yeah. we have to take that into consideration but they have a different theory about exactly what happened and uh it's it's uh, not exactly going to make the administration happy
1: yeah it's really an amazing thing because okay the criticism of hers's article uh, was that, oh, well, this is unsourced, you have unnamed sources, that, that, therefore the whole thing is invalid. Well, of course, everything the New York Times and Washington Post <laughs> reports from the Biden administration is all unsourced, including this refutation of Hirsch's article. Now, Hirsch's article came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, and it had been unanswered by the administration except for the blanket denials, no, we didn't do it. So that was very strange that there was no response. And so now here finally coming is the response and the response turns out to be so preposterous, so blatantly implausible, impossible on its face that you have to wonder whether the New York Times really believes that its readers are that stupid or that America is that stupid. And let's look at the, uh, if we can put it up right now, this is the article that it came out on Tuesday, just two days ago. Intelligence suggests pro-Ukrainian group sabotage pipelines, U.S. officials say. Again, unnamed U.S. officials say. So what they're saying basically, Dr. Paul, is that a pro-Ukrainian, anti-Putin group blew up the pipelines. Well, you might say, well, yeah, that's the U.S. military, <laughs> right? <laughs> Pro-Ukraine, anti-Putin. So they're basically admitting it. No, they're saying there's a group out there that was able to pull this off now and then put on the second one. Now, here's a little caveat. They're saying US officials say they have no evidence that Zelensky or his top Ukra- uh, U- lieutenants were involved in this. And I think, Dr. Paul, without taking this too far, that's a warning shot. Right now, we don't know if Zelensky's behind it. It doesn't look like he is, but it sounds behind the article, be- behind the blowing up. But someone in Ukraine blew this thing up acting as if in the middle of NATO exercises in the Baltic Sea, in the middle of these exercises in one of the most surveilled parts of the world, somehow a group chartered a boat put on some snorkeling equipment, went down and blew up these pipelines. It's just absolutely implausible and impossible.
0: Yeah, it you know, it becomes absurd. But Hirsch did exactly the opposite of explaining the details, yeah. the scientific details, and what it really involved. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe they just, uh, dropped something down there and, and blew it up and no problem. But it, it took tremendous amount of technology and the point you're making, of course, is what they're talking about, they couldn't possibly have done it. I think they even, uh, they, they sought to see the actual vessel that was supposed to have done this. And uh, even what they described, it, it makes it impossible for them to have done it. And yet they do it with a straight face. You know, the thought that crossed my mind with, with this is, you you know they're dealing dealing like they always do. They dealing with yeah you know truth and lies and uh, and who's telling the truth and who can make the who can make the biggest lies. But this is almost a reflection. Yes, uh, they're lying, but it's almost like they don't even understand the opposition. It's not that they're just against the telling the truth, but it's, it's it almost reveals that this is going to be satisfactory to counteract telling the truth and and it really builds the case for uh for the for the the people who are telling the truth because this is so preposterous it's it's out of ignorance i think that that they they talk like this and think the people are going to buy this and of course it's authentic though i mean you got a New York Times, uh, you know, it's in in the New York Times so it must be true. But that 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 the idea of the New York Times being the uh, the, the uh, determiner of uh, all this news. Uh, that's passed, But anyway, they keep trying it, yeah. which, uh, which to me comes across as there's a bit of ignorance in this uh, and stupidity on how they think this is going to change these perceptions. But I think it's actually very clever, and I think what they're trying to do is a couple of things.
1: First of all, they're trying to bury the Hearst story, yeah. and I think they relatively successfully did that. Now, that story was gaining some traction in Germany the Hirsch story. It was getting a lot more traction in the German press than the US press. And we'll talk in a second about how the German paper zweit, which is uh close to, they say, the US government, how they had their own but in a second, but bury the story, that's number one. Uh and also, you know, the, the whole thing that well Hirsch is just a blogger. We're the New York Times. Who are you gonna believe? You know they still want to carry on but here was an amazing thing because Seymour Hirsch himself was on an interview you might want to get ready for your headphones on this one because he was on a live interview when this story broke and I remember when it broke I was on the road and I almost had to pull over because I couldn't believe it but here's Hirsch on an interview when the person stopped and said you're not going to believe what just dropped a New York Times article let's listen now it starts right away so let's listen uh, full screen that before you hit play if you can there we go. Let's listen up.
0: What? You, that can't be true. They can't be that stupid. Are they that stupid? Uh, what <laughs> do I care? I'm going to go look at the New York Times now. Oh, my God. Intelligence suggests you crazy Ukrainian...
2: <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. No, I haven't seen it. No, I, I, I can't comment
0: on that stuff. What do I know? I've written a couple other things about it. I'm going to write something next week again about it. <laughs> And that's
1: the way I do it. It's pretty incredible. That's his own old newspaper.
0: But but he was entertained. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> he oh my gosh! They, he can't can't got to over they can't be that stupid. They can't
1: be that stupid. Yeah.
0: So the New York Times has uh, changed, evolved, or devolved. Yeah. It. it hasn't gotten better, obviously. But they they'll hide behind that. But um, you know, I, I this, in this case, it wasn't that difficult uh, to have truth glaringly show that uh, somebody else is telling a fib. But uh, sometimes it's more difficult, but I think they, they accomplished the opposite. Now, you say it's interpreted a little bit differently in Germany other places, but when the dust settles here, I, I don't think they're going to, <laughs> I don't think Hirsch is lying awake at night saying, oh, they've ruined my reputation and this sort of thing. I think, uh, I think he'll survive it all. And now, right now, I think there's gonna be a lot of people look for that article he writes next week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's hope that he has more, and he probably does. But, you know, we talked about Zeit, the German paper that wrote about it, kind of hand-in-hand with the New York Times. They filled in some of the gaps, apparently, and here are a couple of things that they said that they found out. That the clandestine operation at sea, this is a summary of what, uh, was carried out by a team of six people, according to the investigation. It's said to have included five men and one woman, According to the report, the group consisted of a captain, two divers, two diving assistants, and a female doctor who are said to have transported the explosives to the crime scene and placed them there. The nationality of the perpetrators is unclear, et cetera, et cetera. Now all this happened under the watchful eye of the United States (laughs) military intelligence (laughs) (laughs) in the middle of military operations in that exact area. And if we can put up a clip, I think we're going to have to go forward a couple. If you can put up the next one because this is moon of Alabama Uh, yeah here we go stay here for a second so this is moon of Alabama looking at because it's Bernard from moon of Alabama he's German he reads the German press and so he's the one that provided a great analysis on moon of Alabama website now he responded to the German report by saying very simply no you do not dive down to 80 plus meters for an industrial sized job involving the placement of hundreds of pounds of explosives, someone says a 1,000 pounds actually, hundreds of pounds of explosives in eight individual charges on very sturdy pipelines from a sparsely manned sailing boat. Such deep dives require special gases, special breathing equipment, special training, a decompression chamber for emergencies, and lots of well-trained people to maintain all that stuff. And he concludes this is just more chaff thrown up to divert attention for Seymour Hirsch's revelations that the U.S. military under order from the White House carried out the act.
0: Well, the opponents to Hirsch and others that want the truth, uh, I, I can't see where they have any credibility whatsoever other than the fact that they might become entertaining how, how ridiculous they are. But anyway, it, there'll be a, there'll be others out there. You know, they're not all going to react the way we do. And we'll, our understanding or listening to Hirsch, they're going to say, "Oh, see, if they want to be on that side, uh, you know, there are the diehards." But that that whole thing is splitting. You know, our government. It, you know, the Democrats were 100% unanimous on anything. You know, the administration said no matter whether it was Biden or whatever, they had a one message. But that is crap yeah and, uh, and and this is a reason why this is a, uh, a a good thing to have this information come out and look so bad uh, at the same time <clears throat> other things are happening the Congress is waking up there's a few progressives that are talking more uh, we had a little conference uh, up in Washington uh, uh, a little rally and and uh, the sentiment is starting to change and I think that always has to happen before policies get changed
1: yeah I think so as well. I wanted to put up a couple of tweets that, that uh, talk about this and from a couple of people that we know. Garland Nixon is the first. wife. finally had the chance to meet him in person. You mentioned Washington. I finally met him in person. I've been on his show a lot. He's such a great guy. But he, he has a great tweet. He says, breaking news. The CIA alleges that five random clowns in a sailboat <laughs> penetrated the most highly patrolled body of water on Earth, drilled through concrete at incredible depths, and planted 1,000 kilograms of highly unstable C4 plastique, then remote detonated it with a pulse sonar. And that encapsulates it perfectly. And Caitlin Johnstone, who also spoke at one of our conferences, she has a very good comment to remind us, if we can put that next one on. She says, remember kids, Cy Hirsch's Nord Stream report is untrustworthy because it's unproven and relies on anonymous sources. And here she copies the New York Times piece where it keeps saying, (laughs) U.S. officials say, unnamed officials, unnamed officials over and over again. But I would just say one final thing about this, Dr. Paul. I think two things are happening at once. I think, first of all, it's absurd. It's outrageous to claim. Nobody buys it who knows anything about anything. That's one thing. But I do think it's not without a purpose. And I would put forth that the purpose is simple. First of all, put Ukraine on notice. That their patience is wearing thin in washington and here's my exhibit a for that if you can put this next one up um this is from the new york times which we could just basically say the biden spokespeople because that's what it is and they report that ukrainian officials are not always transparent with their american counterparts about their military operations uh so they're angry the u.s government is angry about this obviously and put the next one here's a bill of particulars what they've done without our permission they did a strike on Russia's Saki Air Base. They did a truck bombing that destroyed part of the Kurt Strait Bridge. They did a drone strike uh, at Russian military bases uh, inside the Ukrainian border. And if you do the next one, they also killed Darya Dugina, an innocent civilian in Moscow, without the U.S. permission. Now, on the one hand, the U.S. always says, hey, we don't tell Ukraine what to hit and what not to hit. <laughs> then all of a sudden, we're looking here in the New York Times, and they're saying that the U.S. is angry because Ukraine is doing stuff we don't want them to do. We haven't given their permission to do So well, I think this is a way of saying, be careful. We can easily pull this trigger. We can Noriega you any second by, by leaking another piece like this. So that's number two. I think number three, they're setting in motion an exit strategy. Bakhmut will fall very soon. It is the linchpin. To, even Zelensky himself said Bakhmut is the linchpin to Ukrainian defense in that region. Bakhmut will fall even the head of the nato said that it's going to fall so there's an exit strategy there and the third i think is to again kick germany in the teeth and kick Schulz in the teeth uh, and keep the europeans down so as preposterous as the whole thing is dr paul it does serve very important purpose for the biden administration
0: yes and what Zelensky has to face up to is his hundred percent total dependency and his positive attitude. All I have to do is call the speaker. You know, yeah, he got Nancy you kind of do run, run of shit over there and say, yeah, we're going to do whatever. But uh, so so far, uh, the Republican speaker isn't on the airplane yet. And and and, uh, and I, he, he has to be so naive to believe this. And uh, that is that, that is a reason that uh, eventually it will be a calamity. It'll stop. Be right right now. He's he can't do. He can't give up and say, well, yeah, I guess. We better be cautious, and we better, you know, uh, do such and such, and cave in. But I think uh, I think you sort of alluded to the fact that w- this thing will keep building and building, and he will be the one that will lose credibility. He has ridden, you know, how what is it, you know, a good many years now, and collected a lot of money. Yeah. And and you know the the bankruptcy that we're going through is a help to us because we have problems here at home, and uh, and people are becoming aware of that because the voters in this country are starting to suffer. They 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 start understand that they're paying for this and uh, and and they see the foolishness of it all. So uh, yes, I th- I think um, uh, Zelensky's days are numbered. And uh, how it will come about, or whether he'll just say, well, maybe he'll he'll wake up and say, you know, this is a fruitless cause. I've lost my support. Uh, right now, I would say he's not there. He he's probably still going to continue to do his his. Uh, I'm a very them. I need you. You have to do it. It's not for me. It's for NATO. Yeah. It's for Europe. You know this sort of thing. We're saving you and calling attention to the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming, and uh, and that's not going to fly. I think that people are waking up.
1: And that's exactly what Saddam did during the Iran Iraq War. Remember, I'm saving you Americans from these evil Iranians. Oh, great! Thanks, Saddam. Thanks. Here's some money. Next thing, he's <laughs> on the end of a rope. So yeah. that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just before we move on, I just want to do. Thank our sponsor for the program this month, and that is 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com. You'll sense a theme in a lot of the work that we do, which is that we're on the verge of World War III. Things are getting pretty nasty out there. People are doing things that they have never done. They're poking... Uh, They're poking uh, at hordets' nests that they've never poked at before, and that should make us all worried and nervous. And the first thing that we should do, because there's not much we can do about world affairs, we can take care of family affairs. And taking care of family affairs includes making sure your family can eat in times of crisis. Not only a world-ending crisis, but a simple bad snowstorm can cause you to not have enough to eat. And that's where the folks at 4patriots.com come in. They have great survival kits, For just a couple of weeks, all the way up to an entire year, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, easy to prepare, packed, made in the United States of America, U.S. veterans do receive part of their profits. You can enter RON for a 10% discount on your first order and free shipping. For all orders, $97 and above, they arrive in very sturdy containers that you can put under your bed and put away for decades and they remain tasty and good.
0: 4patriots.com. Enter Ron for your discount. Very good. I want to bring up the subject of uh, our national gu- uh, doctor, Doctor Fauci, national you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, maybe um, maybe Rand will get a chance to uh, resolve that minor problem yeah. with him. But the question I have about Fauci, you know, he's been in the news, and Jim Jordan, Jim <laughs> oh, Jordan, right. has done a pretty good job yeah. in exposing him, but. Uh, you know he he has done something that no other single doctor ever even came close to that he dominated medicine by fibbing and lying and distorting the truth and put more money into investigation got more involved in politics and more undermined the uh, scientific aspects of medicine and now he's sort of caught uh, I don't think it's pretty close to saying he got caught in a bad lie a big lie yeah. and uh, Jim, Jim Jordan did a good Job and exposing him uh, on what happened and uh, why they why, why they've changed their minds at the last minute, but but uh, th- with, with these hearings going on, Fauci Fauci can't remember a lot now. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's forgetful, but. Uh, so we're going to hear some more about this because I think some of these hearings are going to continue for a while. But it sure sure goes uh, goes. It's going badly for him right now. But uh, he he's somebody that's gotten away with too much. I mean, uh, too much destruction. But it looks like uh, he had to build a strong support for his position. And the support among his close allies at the CDC wasn't so strong, and he had to do a little finagling in order to get them to change their minds. Is it a, was it was it a political opinion where he was having his mind changed, or was it, were they changed in their mind because those doctors who switched and changed their opinion for the benefit of Fauci uh, did it for their own self-interest, and not for the interest of the of the of the Gover- not, not for the interest for the American people yeah. and uh, some truth about vaccines.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a blockbuster. I think this was the first hearing uh, on the origins of COVID committee. Uh, and Jordan, as you say, he, cause he's a firecracker. He really went after uh, Fauci. Now, he had Robert Redfield, who was a CDC director <laughs> at the time when it first came out. Uh, and the, what's this sort of becoming more and more exposed and what may be the downfall of Fauci is very simple. And that is that Fauci, as we know, (coughs) offshored the gain-of-function research after Obama said this stuff is too dangerous, no can-do, we got to end it. He said, okay, I'm going to go to China and do it. So he outsourced it there. And then when it seems like the virus leaked from the lab they were working on in China, which was funded by the United States government with Fauci's money, When it seemed like that happened and people started saying, you know what, it looks like it's leaked from the lab, he did everything he could to cover it up because I think he knew he was in the hot seat for putting it there in the first place where it didn't belong when he was told not to do it. So he's done everything to try to do this. And now it comes out in the Jordan hearing that he even sidelined the head of the CDC, Robert Redfield, who had been standing beside Fauci for a while and standing behind him. Now it looks like he's throwing Fauci under the bus because it turns out that Fauci froze him out of everything when Redfield expressed a little bit of concerns that this might be a lab origin problem.
0: Yes, and uh, you know, when he was being interrogated uh, by Jordan and others, he couldn't remember names in the meetings and what he said in the phone call, and Uh you know, everybody was, well, you can't remember all that stuff, well, you can maybe look it up. But I got to thinking that this is a pattern and uh, i think one thing that i've tried real hard not to ever do because i have a medical background but that doesn't make me knowledgeable about every disease everything that goes on in medicine it it gives me uh, a chance to look at it maybe more critically but um, uh, you know he's he's uh, forgetful and uh, it could be just the natural. But I keep keep thinking, but this has been going on a long time. Uh, if if I'm uh, not mistaken, long time ago, he supported uh, the principle of natural immunity, yeah, he, he, he. you know, and he, and he changed it and then he couldn't remember, now he has something else. So I'm just wondering if this could be a medical problem <laughs> that uh, we're looking at. And uh, and of course, the political problem there and his, uh, his goal of being uh, the most famous doctor that ever lived, uh, I, I think is a different story. But uh, he, he is uh, selectively forgetful when it might hurt his scenario. And it's a shame that our government, our country and our system has allowed this to go on for so long. But this is the stuff that was predicted by, you You know, the libertarian physicians that I knew way back, in, even in the 1950s, they warned about this. And that's why they said government should not be involved in medicine. It'll become political. And how could it get more political than this? And now we're, we're looking at the um, process of the lockdown of CDC and all the rules that they had and all the vaccines that were pushed on people. There are articles now pushing and explaining that the probability is pretty strong that more people have died from the treatment than they ever died from the virus.
1: Yeah, it's so sick. Well, as you always said, science is all about discovery through trial and error. <laughs> that means nobody is ever the science, despite what Fauci tried to say. Yeah. Now, here's a little clip from uh, an article that we read via Zero, Zero Hedge. And this is from the, uh, from the hearing, if we can put that next one up. Uh, and uh, one after this one if you can here we go now this is Redfield former director of CDC he said there was an a priori decision that there's one point of view we're going to put out there and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined said Redfield and as I say I was only the CDC director and (laughs) I was sidelined so here we have going against your principles the scientific principles and in fact, we have about a minute and eight seconds that I've taken from the hearing where, he, where Redfield talks about how Fauci sidelined him for coming to the, quote, wrong conclusions about the origin of this virus. If we can play that first, I think, minute and eight seconds of that second uh, clip that we have. I think that says pretty much everything we need to say. Here we go. Three
2: years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, You were called a nut job. You got censored on Twitter. You were blacklisted on Twitter. You were even called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. Is that right, Dr. Redfield?
0: I think the most upsetting thing to me was the uh, Baltimore Sun calling me a racist because I said this came from a Wuhan lab.
2: Dr. Redfield, you, were, you, were, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force, is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next whatever. day. I know. He, did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the Task Force, as the head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No,
1: you no. Didn't- yeah. Did he share that email? No, no, no. So he's frozen out because he had the wrong opinions based on his scientific background about that. I think we're getting closer to the truth on this, Dr. Paul. The only danger is you're going to find a lot of people that are going to get bogged down into the quagmire of those evil Chinese did it. In fact, There's someone else that was evil behind this, and it was not the Chinese government in this particular instance.
0: Well, he didn't point it out, but this was the episode that prompted that the two people that were excluded, uh, and then they got converted, and they came back and voted with Fauci. Yep. And and guess what? Uh, Their career was boosted with more money to uh, spend at their will you know <laughs> so so it, uh, it, it there was money involved and that's why that is the reason why uh medicine medicines should not be uh you know partners with the government we don't want we, we understood a thousand years ago that you shouldn't take uh, religious, uh, uh, spiritual beliefs and combine them with the government yeah. because the government uh, dominier, uh, dominates, you know, what the message should be. But that is true in anything that we do. Once you turn that over, if it's economics, then you get a deep state and they run it and you have corporatism. But in this case, if you do it with medicine, uh, they become dominant and they get mixed up in profiteering and political power. and and that is what's been going on for especially gotten so much worse in these last three years it has to be reversed and it won't be reversed until we get even more of this so that's why this committee work is so crucial
1: yeah i hope fauci's sweating well we've been going on long on these two big stories i think but we do need to have a little quick update on <laughs> a vote yesterday if we can put this next one on now the house voted uh, on the matt gates resolution it was a It was a resolution based on the War Powers Resolution to withdraw troops from Syria. Now that resolution did not pass. It was a vote of, as you can see here on the board, 103 yes, 103 voted to get out of Syria, pull those 900 troops out, and 321 voted against it. And I think if you hadn't had a lot of experience in these kinds of resolutions, there's a risk of being downtrodden. But however, you've had a lot of experience in this exact thing. You and Dennis Kucinich did this, and you have a different take on these numbers here. Yes, I think
0: I think they're pretty darn good. What do you compare it to? Our votes when we tried to get people to wise up about the Middle Eastern war. Now, if we took a vote today on what we should have done, I think we'd be in a lot better shape about the Middle East because, you know, it took them 10 and 20, 20 years to wise up and, and get out, and they still debate the big issue how do you leave and uh, was, of course my answer about how do you get out of Afghanistan places like this don't go in in the first yeah. place you know so that, that I think it's, my comment that I wrote down when I was looking at it, not too bad not too bad because uh, and as you uh, refresh our memory about the, the resolutions we did, we did quite a few and we had several Democrats would come over and vote with us. But uh, I, think, I think it's pretty good. But I think this is the reflection that uh, it was, there's more public support for this position than there was when we started this. And uh, I, th- I think the, the momentum is there and I think it's going to continue and uh, that's why I I cautiously now consider the fact that Maybe World War Three uh, of the old-fashioned World War Two type. We will not break out tomorrow because, <laughs> because for two reasons: one, we're broken; the people are sick and tired of yeah. it, and they're and they're getting poorer. And uh, maybe we don't have the stomach for it. And maybe that's all wishful thinking, but it's a possibility. Absolutely, the one significant event
1: in this around this, I think, is that the progressive known as the Squad—they joined Matt Gates. They went across the aisle. I'm sure they don't have a lot in common with Matt Gates, they not only came across the aisle, they also released a letter urging a yes vote on this. So we might be seeing, I hate to be too optimistic, the beginning of a kind of right-left coalition against these wars that we saw a lot back when you were in Congress, and that would be a very welcome thing, I think. W- wonderful. Well, I'm gonna close out by having an announcement, and it's a big one. It's a save the date announcement. Anyone who has ever gone to our conferences, I believe in my heart, has had a great time. Uh, We love visiting with people. Uh, People love visiting with each other. Well, we're putting together our program for this year and the first date I will announce is June 3rd in Houston. We're gonna go back to the beautiful hotel we were in last year uh, in downtown Houston. So mark your calendar. We're gonna hopefully get tickets on sale for that pretty soon. June 3rd in Houston. The first Ron Paul Institute Conference of the Year. Stay tuned, more details as they come.
0: Should I put that on my calendar? Please do. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to Please it. Please do. <laughs> so, and also, uh, uh, it's a place that. We can get to <laughs> very easily, easily. Yeah. but we will welcome people from whatever. You know, what always surprises me at these conferences, we we do get them from around the country, but, you know, quite a few times we get people from out of the country, yeah. too. There's, yeah. there's people begging and pleading and looking for messages of liberty throughout the world. I don't think they can kill the ideas they can't kill truth so therefore uh, we're uh, doing our best to spread the message of 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 liberty and we couldn't do it without the support you know if uh, if we had no viewers whatsoever uh we'd probably get discouraged no but we do and there were small numbers 20 and 30 years ago, but uh, we really welcome the support and our support is building and uh, our, our program is gaining more strength. So it's a big thank you from me and uh, Daniel started off by having a good time at our conferences and that was always a closing statement for me when I did my rallies during the presidential campaign. This is serious stuff. You have to, You can talk about the, the, the lying and cheating and killing and all the things that uh, the CIA's taught to do and that's, that is uh, not the final answer, because when people come together that are like-minded, you say, aren't you just speaking to the choir? Well, a lot of that, but a lot of new people come, too, because they're inquisitive, and a lot of people just want to expand their horizons, and guess what? That's why I personally like the conferences, especially when I talk to young people who have been just recently joining the freedom movement. And it's always exciting to me to hear what, what was it that changed your mind? How did you end up with some common sense? And most of your friends probably aren't there yet. And that type of information is very, very important to me. And I, I think that we can tell, tell you that the people who have come, it looked to me like I, I had a good time. That's why I'm looking forward to the uh, conference that we're having on June 3rd. I want to thank everybody today for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.